1: We are your hosts, Dr. Angela Raven Anderson and Reverend Liz Testa. In this segment, we explore how our understanding of God and who God is calling us to be is informed at the intersection of race, gender, and religion. We examine how the combination of liberation, womanist, and egalitarian theologies represent an understanding of God's kingdom that embraces, restores, uplifts, and transforms all who enter therein. When we consider and learn from the wisdom gained in the lived experiences of women of color, our view of God's kingdom is stretched, contextualized, enriched, and expanded. So let's listen to their voices as they move us beyond the stained glass ceiling. Hey, Liz. Hey there,
0: Angela, Dr. Angela. How are you today? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was listening to some of your podcasts previously, and I noticed that the guests were often and usually referred to with their titles. So since I have the delight today of sitting in the primary host seat and interviewing (laughs) you, I uh, I think I naturally deferred to the Dr. Angela. So that's where that came from.
1: Okay, we can go with it today. <laughs>
0: okay, very good. Very good. Well, I am so delighted to be here. This is my second time on the podcast with you. And I am excited, um, excited to be here uh, for our second podcast together, Yay. exploring intersectionality. And as we thought would be kind of a fun thing to do, especially as the new year is upon us um, to just have some conversation together about, yep. about you and how this podcast came into being and what draws you so much to this work of intersectionality um, both okay. for yourself personally and um, in life and ministry and all those good things. So um, without further ado, Dr. Angela. <laughs> weird in the hot seat. I'm just gonna right? say it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm I I was so blessed um to be invited to um to co-host with you because f- for four seasons I had my own podcast, Lavish Hope, stories of resilience and overcoming. And so um, yes, it is it's good to be um in the hosting seat and it's also good to be able to share your wisdom and your insights um with the body of Christ. Amen.
1: Well, thank and you, know yep. you've
0: got a lot of wisdom to share. So um, first things first, let's just take a quick moment just to share. Um, so so just for our listeners, I developed some of these questions and topics that we're going to be um, just ruminating on together today and that you're going to be sharing about uh, thinking about what for myself, I would love to know. Um, about you and this podcast and the, and this this work of intersectionality and just thinking about what would our listeners um, like to engage in. So I'm hopeful okay. that this indeed will be something that will bless many. So thank you for being uh, game for it, Dr. Angela. So, so the first thing I'm curious about is um, how did you first hear about CBE, CBE International, Christians for Biblical Equality International? That's the parent organization of this podcast. And how did you get involved?
1: Well, initially, Liz, I learned about CBE as I was doing an internship um, as part of my Masters of Divinity program. I was doing an internship at a local congregation here in Houston, and it was the site for the CBE conference that year. And as part of the internship, then I was helping to organize that conference. And that's how I really became... Uh, familiar with the organization um the leadership Mimi Haddad as the president um, understanding the purpose of the organization to bring this light uh, on the issues of mutuality uh, in mutuality in Christ and what does that mean for women, women who are called for all of us actually who are called and understanding how that call comes about and um, what the scriptures say about who is called, and it was a very it, it uh, certainly helped me at that time because uh, although I had gone, I was in seminary. I, I always say when I first my I, I, I'll I'll never forget my first kind of interview before starting seminary and being asked, you know, so where do you think God is leading you in ministry, and mm-hmm. And having always been a servant you know, at church, always involved in every single thing, parents who were leaders in the church, um, all I could say at that time was that I was, I know that God was calling me to serve and lead in ministry. I was God. truly afraid to say the words God is calling me to preach um, because it was not something that was affirmed or even to, to have official roles of leadership um in the my church tradition as I was growing up. So it it was it was a very interesting journey for me going um through seminary and then having this internship uh at at a church that which was part of my tradition but very non-traditional and that was open to women in leadership. And so that was my my foray into CBE. Uh, then I began to just kind of soak up so many of the uh, resources that they had that really kind of taught on egalitarian theology and really understanding that how God calls uh, both men and women to serve based on gifting, uh, not gender, but based on gifting. So very, very excited about that, and uh, you know, it's one of those things where you like, oh. I found my people. You know? Oh, so
0: beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Well, and just thinking about that journey, I mean, there's so many of us that, um, whether for ourselves personally or for perhaps women that we serve alongside of, mm-hmm. um, that we have seen how God reveals in due time, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, spaces and places where we can fully live into our callings and our gifts. Yes. And be able to claim them. So that's so beautiful yes. to hear your your journey to that. and. Praise God for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was um, an important step for me because yeah. part of my beliefs was that I refused to walk into something believing um, that it's just the flavor of the month. I, I needed to have a biblical foundation for knowing that I was going to be the places that I believed that God was calling me to stand. And I, I really, uh, I couldn't move with confidence if I didn't understand that.
0: And that is what CBE is all about, right? Absolutely. That bi- the biblical equality. And that right. is also for, for my own work in the world. That's been critical to, yeah. um, to us being able to move uh, forward in our, in the movement, uh, within my own denomination as well. So it's beautiful. So then you got involved with CBE, you got your master of divinity, and then there's also doctorate because you're yes. after Angela. So just, yes. can you just yes. tell us a little snippet about, uh, your doctoral work?
1: Yes. Well, my doctoral work actually kind of continues along the same line because of my experiences um, coming into ministry, not really having seen a lot of female um leaders is particularly not uh what do you call it legitimized leaders i saw women working as leaders <laughs> in what they were functionally but as far as being ordained um i had not seen that and so for me when i began to do my doctorate work that was a lot of the focus how do we how do we develop women Um, as leaders to serve in the church. What do they need? Uh, What do they need that's the same as men? What do they need that's different than men? Because one of the things that is very true For women is the way that we are socialized growing up sometimes um, makes it difficult for us to move into those leadership roles. Uh, Whether even uh, we we've kind of seen it in the corporate world, but what does it look like in our in our ecclesial settings? So. Um, that was the focus of my doctorate work and it was called streams in the wasteland it was a leadership develop a leadership development program a six-month program um, that looked at developing women as leaders focusing on helping them understand their strengths and talents and gifts um, understanding the mission of God in the world and how we how we listen to find out our place in bringing about that bringing about the kingdom of God now um in the world and um uh, and and just and also linking women to mentors, uh which is a very important piece as well, because oftentimes, at least uh I know as I was going through and uh me and uh other women that were in working on our MDiv and MD D men we would talk about how either at our places of worship or even in, in, in the school, sometimes you might feel like you're just by yourself or there are just a few of you or whatever. And so beginning to understand, um, you know, no, Elijah, you're not the only one there's, I have, there's many, and there's women who come before who are breaking the ground and, um, so that you can kind of move into these places. And so really linking linking women together to support each other in that in their growth.
0: It's so beautiful. That solidarity is so important. Yeah. And um, I'm just I'm so grateful for, for you being a trailblazer in your own right, <laughs> even as perhaps you walk in in, you know, we both walk in, in the paths that have carved by the women that have gone before, but we've never needed it more than we do right now. Yes. uh, You know, within the church. Uh, And it's, I always say it's kind of an, it's an, it's an antidote to what's happening out in the public square. Yes. Um, That's sort of the world's ways of women empowerment. We've got our way that's based in scripture and, you know, walking as Jesus calls us to walk. So it's, it's just beautiful to hear what you're doing. Um, And so then what drew you to start a podcast, to host a podcast and specifically (laughs) on this topic of intersectionality? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> um so in full transparency i had never thought of a podcast honestly um i'm I, I, it's so funny even when i consider my call I, the question i always ask god is like who is going to listen to me right <laughs> what do i have to say to somebody that wants to listen but um Actually, Mimi Haddad approached me about being part, She that they were expanding the team for Mutuality Matters. And she had this vision for these various threads that would go into our topic line. And she kind of asked me just what, what would be of interest to you? And um, this idea of intersectionality is one uh, that interests me in ways um Honestly, I think it, it 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 is when I talk when we talk about lived experiences in the opening of our of the segment, it really speaks to my lived experience, understanding what it means to be female, what it means to be African American. What is what do those things mean in a religious setting? Um, how how is that different than in a corporate environment, or is it different? Or what are the things that are common and and those things that are disparate, but um, so for me, it was really understanding, taking a look at uh, how I've come to know God, how I've come to understand what it is to live in the kingdom. What 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 does that mean, and how does it get expressed in my life based on these particular um, these particular lenses or particular uh, focuses of my identity, um, that I, I bring to the table. So that's, that's, it was just kind of a really natural place because I think intersectionality for, um, an African American woman in the, in the United States is something that you deal with every day before you even know the term intersectionality. You're, you're learning, um, what it means to, uh, navigate in a world, uh, where you're not majority, where you're you you are definitely minority, and how how you show up in a space, and what how you will have to comport yourself in that space, and so um, it, like I said, it was it, it's just a very natural uh, topic for me and um, but it's one that you know when we talk about when god chooses you and plants you in a in a space <laughs> you begin to understand that all of these things that create who you are uh, uh, all these identities and experiences who, who that combine and 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 come together to manifest in your personhood um the, all of these god has purpose for and he uses them. And they're they're telling something, they're giving some insight for us to understand our world and how he wants to trans, how God chooses to transform the world uh, for his glory and
0: uh, for our benefit as well. That's amazing. And so your sort of discovery of intersectionality and it becoming something. I mean, there's something there that's so beautiful about like your your lived experience, your understanding of an an intersectionality. It's kind of coming at a time um, in our world where I think more and more we're starting to understand that. um, And and we knew. Right. I mean, those Mm -hmm. of us who have done the study that know the history. Right. Feminism and womanism, for example, you know, those of us that are in ethnic and racial groups that we deal with stereotypes, right? Right. Being too loud, too bossy, too angry, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there's all these stereotypes that we have to deal with. So there's things that you already are aware of, but being able to then weave that into uh, our experience in the Ecclesia, as you were saying, um, it really, is. it just feels like it's for such a time as this, Dr. Angela, that your work is is so important and this topic of intersectionality for us to be able to have these spaces where we can wrestle with that and we can bring that to light and have insights. Um, and so, um, what I'm, what I'm curious about is, uh, why is it so important? Why do you think I'd love Mm -hmm. to hear from you, uh, in your, in your seat of wisdom, why is it so important for people of faith to understand and embrace intersectionality uh, today in this season in in the world
1: well, for me personally, growing up, I found myself oftentimes in school being the only black student in a class. um and and then I and I've also lived in spaces where my maybe my school experience, I'm the only one, but then my social life where I' where I live, uh, where I go to church, that's fully African-American experience. And so kind of learning and seeing the differences in these worlds and what that means. Mm -hmm. So from a very young age, I've always had a desire to see racial reconciliation. That's something, you know, always, it just seemed to me that we should be able to get along. And Even as this um, opportunity came forward, it came forward at a time uh, right after the summer with George Floyd. And I I always refer to that as the hot summer um, Mm -hmm. because that was a tinderbox, I think, and and between the George Floyd incident and then what was going on with COVID, highlighting disparities, racial disparities, even in the delivery of healthcare and access to care. And my understanding of God, that God is a God of the oppressed, God is a God of justice. And so as I began to think through those things, when I say all the mixing together comes together for such a time as this, then it's like, so as you are standing here in this space then you have to understand how all of these things are affecting our world, uh, keeping people from being able to come together as and being reconciled and living in love and forgiveness and grace and mercy, um, understanding how these things have played out Um, becomes very heightened for me. And that's why when I think about intersectionality, it is incredibly important for us as believers to understand maybe my experience is not your experience, but it doesn't mean that my experience is less important or your experience is less important than mine, that I can learn, we can learn from each other And when we take the time to learn from each other, um, we, again, our ability to love, our ability to be connected, our ability to grow as family, grow as individuals and manifest that grace and love that God shows us, that begins to uh, grow as well. So for me, that is why intersectionality, understanding these things, I think, it, especially in this country and I'm sure it's the worldwide because it seems humans, for whatever reason, we always have a way from which we can, we want to, you know, create groups and segment ourselves and place one group higher than another group. Um, but that is not God's way that that's, that's not God's way. And so the more that we can begin to understand um, the experiences embrace the in spirit you know good bad or indifferent embrace them learn from them and move forward from them and that's what i believe when 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 i began to think about intersectionality because we can talk about intersectionality from a myriad of different um viewpoints and perspectives Mm -hmm. um But for me, when I, you know, and I think about those that so much shaped me as a preacher and professor, it is, it is race, gender, and religion. These, these are like very much so part of the definition of who I am personally.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's so great that you're, you're sort of, again, this naming and claiming of intersectionality as part of the work of the ecclesia, part of the Mm -hmm. work of reconciliation within the body of Christ. Because of course, we know, we thank Dr. Crenshaw for coining it in the law field so many decades ago, um, and the ways that intersectionality is now used um, in DEIJ work and out in different organizational spaces. But I think within the church, we have to understand it as part of, this is part of God's God's reconciling work for us. Absolutely. Uh, and that's what I'm hearing you you elevate. Absolutely. Us, helping people to understand the imperative there. So thank you for that. CBE International presents Women in Scripture and Mission. Mary of Bethany sat learning at Jesus' feet. This way of learning prepared Jewish men to teach as rabbis. Women were meant to provide hospitality. So Martha asked Jesus to reprimand her sister Mary. Instead, Jesus gently corrected Martha, saying that Mary had chosen the better path. Jesus was breaking cultural codes by endorsing Mary's preparations to teach. Learn more at ministrywomen.org. That's ministrywomen.org. So then uh just thinking about the podcast and all of the wonderful people that you've had the opportunity to uh to interview over these last seasons I was wondering if you would if you were able to I know it might be difficult but just maybe to pull out two or three anecdotes of um of different uh, different guests and different things that you might have learned or different moments that surprised you when you were holding your interviews uh anything that was especially enlightening that that you might share uh, as you were in your hosting seat yeah
1: yeah I had I I have to say we've had the opportunity to have so many wonderful guests um with us and um one that I remember distinct and I and I think it's because uh, you know also reading the literature I feel I feel like I'm sliding when I live one over the other because there were there were also uh, I knew Unique. it would be hard for you. I yes. Knew it. <laughs> and they brought these little, you know, these little drops here and there that just made me go, oh, you know, and, um, but one of those had to do with uh, Dr. Yolanda Pierce. Um, and she's written the book, uh, I think it's called My Grandmother's Kitchen. But I remember like the story she was telling in the book about the church ladies, the church mothers, and how the church mo- mothers um, guarded the young ladies and um, teaching them to be modest in their dress. And it was interesting because the it was out of love, although it could have it could have sounded very um, scolding and uh, restrictive but it was an understanding that they were trying to translate to the the young ladies to keep you safe from predatory people who may be around you and and it was just and it was interesting to me this idea of you know this the family that you have um in your church. Your church is your family and your family protecting you. And uh, I just, I don't know why that that was one that really... Uh, hit me was, you know, under you know, all, cause oftentimes we'll just say, oh, they're just old mean ladies that, you know, just, <laughs> you know, just want to tell you what to do. But in reality, it was really uh again, this 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 desire to keep you safe, um and to, you know, to keep you protected as a young woman, um, so that you didn't experience harm. And I, I thought, wow, that was, you know, really kind of insightful with that. Um Another had to do with uh, Dr. Uh, Foe, who uh, brought the idea of intersectionality when we began to talk about um, Wall Street and the God of the multitude, that we serve the God of the multitude. and that we need to consider how even our um, our financial uh, practices, should reflect the love of God and how, how, what are we doing to maintain that? And the fact that that can look, uh, America very different than, um, our, um, uh, our, our, our current com- commerce that we experience in, in our country. Um, Those were two that stood out to me. And then, of course, um, my very first guest, Dr. Renita Weems. uh, She's just one that I uh, love. She and uh, Dr. Teresa Fry Brown, they they are both women that I love that just bring you such wisdom about being embracing and the importance of uh, bringing everyone to the table, their voices, letting their voices be heard. young a young another young person dr robinson talked about ableism and yes. how we see those who may have certain disabilities and what does that mean i mean just raising you know raising these ideas about how we view people how we interact with those people because of our thoughts we we may not even be conscious of that because someone is um, in a wheelchair, because someone may have suffered a stroke or whatever, then then we begin to somehow put them, push them to the margins, right? we 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 don't even realize it. it we may be doing it with the sweetest intentions, but we begin to minimal minimize their input, minimize their um, value to the process as we're, whatever it is, you know, whatever decision-making process, oh, you just stay right there, you know? And so all of these pieces uh, to the puzzle, I I just found the word just so interesting in saying, this is, these are the spaces where we can live more fully into God's vision for us.
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful. I know that wasn't one. (laughs) I, listen, two, three, however many you wanted to bring up just, you know, and these are just little nuggets because mm-hmm. I mean, each, each one it's I, clearly each one of your guests had amazing things to share. So mm-hmm. when I was, um when I was shaping the way I would I- invite the question, it was about, you know, like an anecdote, a moment, as yeah. opposed to the person themselves, right? Because yeah. they're all yeah. stellar, amazing um, contributors to um, to to the body, to the to to all of these things that we're that we're processing and talking about, and that are so important to this work of reconciliation and living rightly together. Um, and I, I, one thing I just wanted to say in the spaces that I travel in, where we're talking all the time about sexism, dismantling systems of oppression, mm-hmm. such as racism, sexism, and ableism is also very important. That's yeah. the forgotten one many times. So I appreciate that you lifted that up because I think we've got to keep that always in front of us. Mm-hmm. It's it's the one that can get, um in terms of intersectionality, it can get left out mm-hmm. uh, very, I mean, very easily. And, and, and another piece, you know, uh,
1: is classism. You know, Mm -hmm. that, that's, Mm -hmm. that's another piece that we don't talk about in this country a lot, but it's very much and has an impact in, in our world on, again, how you, how people see you, how people interact with you and, um, the, the, the ways that privilege is expressed Mm -hmm. and, um, and utilized. and I and I think that there, you know, when we look in the scriptures, there are scriptures that that talk about if you have privilege, that's okay but with that privilege comes a responsibility toward taking care and uplifting you know speaking up uh in in Proverbs 31 it's it's a conversation to the king and to the ruler you're in power so it is up to you to make sure that you are a voice for the voiceless. It's up to you to make sure that you are you are uh, working on behalf of the destitute. Um, and and so again, the expression of kingdom now, we have to be mindful of all of those things. Yes, you may have achieved your station in life or whatever, but it doesn't mean that you achieve that only for yourself. You achieved... Ch- in other words, you're achieving that to be a blessing to someone else. You're blessed to be a blessing. That's what we always said at our church. Yeah, you're blessed to be a blessing. And so um, it's just very important for us to always remember that and what that looks like. I mean, um, doing that with humility, right? Doing that with grace um, that that maintains and honors the humanity of all of those that we are hoping
0: to lift up wonderful. So I'm wondering then you you may you're already sort of articulating it, I think, but I'm just wondering as we're closing out our time together, if there's just like one most important thing that if people want to get started, right? people of faith wanting to get started wanting to do something, what can they do to honor intersectionality and create healthy spaces of inclusion and equity uh, in their contexts? What, what is like one thing that they could take with them? For me, recommend?
1: it begins with listening and learning. Um, listening and learning. Listen and learn from each other. Learn. Don't assume that you understand a person's life. Don't un- assume that you understand the impact of the things that are going on. And don't assume when someone tells you them that what they're saying cannot be true.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You understand what I'm saying like um during the George Floyd piece I remember talking to some uh some friends who were white and I was explaining the the you know how we talk about in African Americans as you're raising your children your boys your girls both really you you have a talk with them about how you interact with the police. And, um, and I was sharing my own experience. Me, a Rice student, um, walking with a friend um, and, at night and then being stopped by the cops because it was like, what are you doing in this neighborhood? And it was simply because of the color of our skin. We weren't doing anything but walking, simply walking down the street. And very much so in this neighborhood where she he lived where they lived and um i i just was you know and and they're like oh well that's a one time no it's not a one time thing we all have the stories we all have and and some of us have some very traumatic stories of interactions with um officers so this is a reality and so when i tell you it's a reality then the responsibility is to listen and honestly begin to accept wow that's not my reality but that's your reality and because of that then yes maybe that's something that we can work on together and maybe i can use my influence or whatever to change that situation so it's not your reality anymore and and that's and that is and the, I give that experience, but I mean, there are multiple places and spaces we could be talking about healthcare. We could be talking about any educational disparities. We could be talking about any of those spaces, but understanding that it requires us listening to each other, to understand each other's stories, um, to understand um, the experience and then having that compassion for others so that all of us, can live into when when God says I have plans for you for a hope in your future how can I be a part of bringing about God's plans and and this beautiful future that he has for all of us you know and really embracing that idea that I want to be a part that kingdom living and bringing about God's kingdom extends not only to the forgiveness of our sins, but it also extends into how we live our lives and interact each with each other in every aspect of our lives. The kingdom of God is all of that. Mm-hmm. It's all of that. It's not just this little section related to our spirituality, but is part of all of those things that we experience in life. And so that's that's for me what I'm I hope most as we have conversations about what we see with with a, with respect to oppression and understanding what oppression looks like and how it appears um in this country and and across the world. What does oppression look like? But then also as believers our role um in bringing that you know, bre- breaking that down. So for me, when I think through um, a, li- a listener, for me, my my first thing is to say learning to listen openly and um, and accepting what you're hearing mm-hmm. um, as as you're listening and understanding someone else's um, lived experience and and understanding there's an opportunity that for me to learn from what I'm hearing.
0: Yes. That is it, it, it thank you. I'm I'm so inspired myself. Um, because I've I've seen what happens when people do exactly what you're saying. So I just want to encourage our listeners. Yeah <laughs> Dr. Angela speaking <laughs> the truth. So it's fire, inspire, my beloveds. Because um if if people can it's like you know, in 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 the work of unconscious bias, you know, when you're trying mm-hmm. to undo your unconscious bias uh, implicit bias is the other term for it. You have to, you have to, it, perspective taking is yes. is one of the things, right. It's like yes. to understand what somebody else's experiences is so critical. And then also what I was hearing in what you're saying is, cause you mentioned compassion, humility, you kind of have to check your own issues at right. the door. You have yeah. to kind of clear yourself from being triggered into a defensive posture. And, um, That's what I love about what you're inviting people into this, um, this listening and learn, excuse me, into this posture of listening and learning uh, because you don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to, you know, try to come up with some answer, right? You're, you're just there to have that open posture of humility and um, perspective taking. Uh, And I just, I hope that, that I I am, I I can guarantee that there's several, several, if not many people that are listening right now, that are going to be able to take this with them and start to see, just try it on friends, just try it on and see what happens. Because Um, I think the Holy ghost works, mm -hmm. takes it
1: and works. And Mm -hmm.
0: when,
1: when you allow yourself to be, you know, for me, I say placing yourself on the altar, right. And you are, you're allowing God to speak to you in those ways and Mm -hmm. um, open your mind in those ways. Then God can use you, in ways you're not expecting to make a difference uh, and to bring about change, and um, that's 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 what it is
0: for me, honestly. So beautiful, so powerful. Uh, so thank you, thank you, Dr. Angela, for this amazing uh, conversation. Oh my goodness, so many things that we learned today, and that I learned. And I just, I just want to finish up by saying, you know, you were saying at, at the beginning, you know, what you know. It was a little daunting to be sharing your from yourself, uh, you know, to be in the interviewees' seat. And I just want to name for you that i I've been able to listen to a few of the podcasts, and that one, you mentioned her already, but Dr. Teresa uh, Fry Brown, your interview with her was it blessed my soul and it blessed my doctoral work because oh. I am in my own doctoral studies right now in transformational preaching. And let me tell you your conversation and everything she said. I mean, I was taking notes, notes, notes. I have to go back and listen again. I'm probably going to be quoting and citing that particular podcast. And I have already... Ordered her book delivering the sermon. So I just want to name for you. I am I am living. Uh, I'm a living testimony to the blessing of your hosting and of you being in conversation with all of these amazing people. And I'm I'm particularly grateful for the conversation with Dr. Fred Brown.
1: Well, so I you. I appreciate that. Yeah, she is again. Like I said, she's she is one of those. You know, I, I have about five, four. There there are four women that just you know, for me, they're, they are up there <laughs> and she is, she is that, I, I, I am, what do you call it? A, a girl fan.
0: <laughs> fangirling, right? I fangirling. Saying, yes, that's fangirling.
1: it. That's it. Fangirling. So absolutely. That's Wonderful. All right. Well, everyone, thank you all for joining us today. Thank
0: you. <laughs> so good to be together. Yes. Next time.
1: <laughs> yes. So please stay tuned. Um, we're going to have more new episodes each week. And we're excited to bring you guys uh, uh, some, some great conversations uh, as we enter this new year. But in the meantime, I want to just encourage you as always to follow CBE International on Facebook and Twitter. And you should also go to our website at www.cbeinternational.org. There's tons of of content there. And you can even subscribe. Uh, There's a blog. Um, there's a magazine, and we even have an academic journal uh, that's a little bit more research based, uh, heavily research based. So for those of you who are those deep thinkers, you'll enjoy that. But also there are videos and uh, other audios of past conferences that you can uh, check out as well. Also, we invite you to visit the bookstore, where again, as you Liz has mentioned, and and I know that I have, um, definitely gotten a ton of resources when I was doing my studies and even just in reading and understanding um, the Bible and understanding uh, women in the Bible and the issue of women in the Bible. Uh, tons of resources there that you can uh, find by very talented authors on the subjects uh, that will enrich your faith. And equip you to use your own God-given talents in leadership and service to the gospel, regardless of your gender, ethnicity, or class. Well... I am Dr. Angela Raven-Anderson, and this is soon-to-be Dr. Liz Testa. <laughs> <laughs> from
0: your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Pray you have to me, start saints. saying it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm going to tell you a secret. I used to write it uh, on all kind of stuff way before, just so that I kept saying, okay, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> but anyway, so from both of us, and um, also we shout out as always to uh, Mimi. And uh, our other co-hosts, Layla and Rob um, We are so excited to continue this work And of course to Landon, our support tech-, tech And all of the CBE International team That make this podcast possible We are Mutuality Matters And thank you for listening
0: The opinions expressed in CBE's Mutuality Matters podcast are those of its hosts and guests and do not purport to reflect the opinions or views of CBE International or its members or chapters worldwide. The designations employed in this podcast and the presentation of content therein do not imply the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of CBE concerning the legal status of any country, area, or territory, or of its authorities, or concerning the delimitation of its frontiers.